were so many things. So many things happened in this... Well, actually, only, like, one thing happened in this episode, but I just had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of thoughts. There was, there was smooching and there was Mandarin. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the Mandarin. Mandarin's oranges and tangerines. Okay, so let's start with, what is this? What are we doing here? Who are we? Who are you? Hi. Who am I? My name's Nick. And I'm... Kyle? And this is the Big Bang Theory Theory. It's a show where we talk about the Big Bang Theory. We're not sure why. It's the last episode of the first season, and we got to figure out what we're going to do for the next season. If we're going to keep this going at all, we probably will. We have nothing better to do with our lives. Who gives a shit? And uh, this is a podcast where we we don't know why people watch this show, and we're trying to figure it out. And today, we just finished the last episode of the first season. Woo! I feel like we should... Do something. What's the, op- what's the opposite of a cliffhanger? Because I don't think it's a wet fart, and that's what keeps coming to mind. It's not like it's not like if I'm not hanging from a cliff. If I'm as unhanging from a cliff as I can be, you're on the ground. I think it'd be like so. Maybe dead and buried. Like the least possibility you can have of falling off of something. <laughs> it'd be completely surrounded by solid earth, or floating in the dead uh, uh, void of space. Where there's nothing for you to fall from. Or you're a cat in a box. Yes, with a with a vial of poison that could break open at any moment. So you have told me, and I think we discussed on one of the very first episodes of the podcast, how you went on a, a dates or in a relationship with a lady or something, she took you to her parents and they immediately said, oh, you're like that Sheldon guy from the TV. And then you and I went to a barbecue on the 4th. And so I was talking to a dog. Because that's who I most like to talk to at a party. And someone came up and is like, The way you were talking to that dog just now, you're like that main guy from that show about the nerds. I was like, You mean Sheldon? He's like, That's him! And I uh, can't do the show anymore. The, the, the role of Sheldon has changed from you to me. I'm still suffering all the consequences. But apparently when we're out in public, I'm the, I'm the more Sheldon of the two of us now. Oh, you are not the more Sheldon of the two of us. According the fact to this that guy at a party. No. And so the show is yeah, over now. Yeah, we're we're getting way off track. And we have a lot to discuss. We Says you. On. No, it's we're Robert Frosting it here. We've come, show summary we gotta, time. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh my god, everyone. Penny's having lady problems. Uh, go, 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 go. And Leonard's like, I'm going to be your friend. Well, she breaks up with her boyfriend. Who's, who's doing the motherfucking summary? Who is it among the two of us that we realize is better at the summaries because he's not intellectually sharp enough to pick up on any of the nuances in the episode and can hit the head notes and just keep plowing on, Kyle? I just it's this it guy! Just it's the thought, talking man! I thought it was I'm the talking man! <laughs> These crying noises are making me give the least shits about you that I ever could. This is the first time where I've thought, I know you're in, what are you, like 29 or something? Oh god, soon. Oh, soon, you piece of shit. You're not too, you're not too old for me to send in a basket down the river. That's all I'm saying. In, in terms of experience of life and all of its subtlety and mystery, I think I'm about four. Okay. Dog years? That would make sense, right? Yeah, sure. Sure. Alright. Let's get back to the thing that I'm great at. Penny has relationship problems. She specifically breaks up with a guy. As if there's anything else she could break up with because she's suddenly gay or bi or pan. I don't know. That's the information we didn't need. She's having relationship problems. Leonard steps in and is like, I'm going to be your friend. 
But Leonard always wants to fuck her, so it gets weird. He doesn't know what to do. He does ask her out. Sheldon's like, I don't give a shit about this. Do what you want. They go on a date. They kiss. The season is over, and none of it matters. Also, Sheldon starts learning Mandarin. Let's talk about it. Okay. I mean, I really think this... We haven't done this in a while, but I just want to tackle a couple of things linearly this time because there are just so many things... So many things that just occurred in sequence, I feel like, were yeah. important. Well, I, first think, off- I think this one is, like, it's it's easy enough to this track going forward because, like, I don't think any one thing jumped out at me so much that I feel compelled to rush well, to it. First off, Penny is mad because her boyfriend posted a blog about their sex life. Yes. Which honestly what? surprised me. And, hey, I Penny think you're, strike- you're miscarried. He has a blog. And he posted about their sex life. I That's, don't know if it's a blog about their sex life. I, I'm i pretty sure if you're a dude and you're having a lot of sex, your blog about your life and your blog about your sex life become the same thing. But if you have a blog and a post is about sex, they're moving along, you were saying. I'm saying Penny is a very sexually open woman. We know this about her. I was frankly a little bit surprised that she was upset. I mean, I do get how it's an invasion of privacy. I'm yeah. not saying that it's okay to post about your partner's sexual hijinks on the internet without their consent or permission. Her mom knew. Like, that's some... So I post a lot of dumb shit on Facebook, and every time somebody's like, I liked your Facebook post, I'm like, God damn it, I forget that, like, hundreds of people are reading about my dick all the time just because I'm too unaware to remember that they're out there. Like, that's... I have no shame, and at the same time, like, when I'm posting, and then as soon as I find out that somebody I know... Because they're my friend, reads it, and like, oh, right, why do I do this? Ugh. And so she can be, like, as sexually open as she wants, not give a shit. And, like, everyone can know that. And the second that someone's like, oh, hey, I know exactly one detail about your sex life, then it's then it's weird all of a sudden, if you didn't tell them directly anyway. Yes, I suppose that's true. I don't know. It was such a, it was such a, it was another one of those 2006 moments because if it had been like he posted a video of us having sex on the internet, I would have been like, oh, that's a thing that happens and is totally across the line. But, uh. So you say if you're, if you're, if you're sexing a lady and you. No, I mean, I really want to be clear. It's not okay what the guy did and she totally was justified in throwing his $360 80 gig iPod. But it was okay 12 years ago. No, it wasn't okay then either. It was just weird. It, frankly, it was a thing that I don't know has ever... Like, I wondered where the writers of the show got the idea. You don't think that happens or has happened? Has it happened? I talk... I'm a piece of shit, and I talk about people I've had sex with all the time on this podcast. Yes, but you're always very careful not to list them by name. That, that doesn't matter. We don't even know that she was listed by name. Uh, we, I think we do, because, the because I mean, people who were related to her were able to find her and contact her about it. Well, Wallowitz couldn't find it. He's a nerd. That is also weird that everybody else was seemingly able to find it, but Wallowitz, who presumably has much more resources and obsessive dedication, could not find it. Well, so her, her boyfriend's name is Mike, and everyone, maybe everyone knows who Mike is. Maybe Mike is extraordinarily handsome enough that he's known all about for his handsomeness. And so they're not finding this blog because they're looking for information on Penny. They're just Googling things like Mike's sweet dick. And then they find out, oh, he's having sex with somebody right now. Maybe her name's in there. Yeah, so maybe he is a sexual connoisseur. Maybe that's like what the blog is about. He has many followers. He's like a sommelier, but who, you know, like I have a... Not a, not even a friend of a friend, but just an acquaintance who got very famous for his wine blog that he wrote. Oh, fuck. So maybe, uh, so maybe this dude is just like going around banging ladies and writing like reviews of their, you know, 
their exquisite vaginas on his site, and Penny just didn't appreciate herself being rated that way. I don't like how... Man, I, you know, oh, I've got some tolerance, because, like, people... Sex is obviously a very personal and private thing for most people, but also there's a, there's an extent to which you know there's you have your locker room talk. You're gonna get, you're gonna be together with your boys or your girls. You're gonna talk about your genitals. You're gonna talk about hey, the other weekend I did this thing with a thing and we put our things in each other's things. That's natural. But the second that someone starts fucking posting about wine, they can fuck right off. <laughs> that magician bullshit. It's it's all nonsense. It's like it's proven to be nonsense. If anything, you know, all, all he's doing is just like literally. I mean, literally in like the literature sense. Maybe, maybe in the other literal sense, is j- jerking off other people who believe in the magic of grape juice. Ah, oh, sure mention that next time. I, I hate see him. that your friends would. So, yeah, there's this blog out there, and it kind of doesn't really have any long-standing effect. Well, it's the reason they break up. It is. And it's also, she's tempted to give him another chance. Well, that's sort the, of. Well, not that's, initially. Speaking of, the other thing, the idea that he might be having a sex review, because he immediately, the reason she de- ends up not getting back together with him is not because she has too much self-respect, but because by the time she, you know, is convinced by Leonard, it's a thing, it's stupid, but yeah, she rationalizes. If we're going to talk about this linearly, we should talk about it linearly. Okay. So... Before she gets back together with him, the reason for this is that she's running back and forth between her and Leonard and Sheldon's apartment so she can scream at this guy through their window as he's leaving the building, and she hucks his iPod at him because that they were still a thing. So Leonard is over there comforting her, and the the the, the reference about her, her trying to get back together with the mysterious Mike are because uh, he's, he's just asking questions, and every question he asks is her putting together another reason that she should go see him. He's not giving her advice. And so she runs off to go see Mike again, and he's like, Aw, fig nuts. I went and did the dumb thing. Yes, I enabled her rationalization of her desperation and her feelings of loss. Yeah, and so he he goes back to his own apartment. He's playing board games with the boys. Which, what board game was that? I have no idea. I don't either. They couldn't have sprung for a recognizable board game. Maybe they didn't want to pay for the rights to it. Maybe they didn't want to advertise because they don't want more nerds out there in the world. I don't know. Maybe. But they're all making fun of him for how much he screwed up his opportunity with Penny, whatever that was. And then she storms in again because by the time she got to Mike, like an hour later, uh, she says that she had to yell at the lady who had her legs wrapped around his neck. And so uh, she comes and storms back in. And is like, thanks for the advice, Leonard. And everyone's like, oh, man, guess what? You screwed up at screwing up. Nyuck, nyuck, nyuck. And uh, so he goes back over to her apartment to further console her. But this time he's on a goddamned mission. And uh, he asks her out. And she says yes. And we Well, no, she asks what I suppose is like you said. Just oh, the... yeah, she does the, the, the standard like, can I find any nice guys? Well, I mean, first I think she asked what is an important introspective question, although oh, probably I, I know not what you're realistic. talking about, and I don't think you're right, but get it out. Okay, no, fine. We don't have to talk about it. Well, no, we do have no. to talk about it. That's no. what this show is. Absolutely. Apparently, I'm not it's saying not it's not worth talking about. I'm just saying I'm probably going to disagree with you. Oh, so she. I mean, she asks. Is it the case that I only date loser men, mm-hmm. or is it the case that I take perfectly good men and turn them into garbage monsters? Yes. 
And the answer is, of course, it's neither of those things. Dating is complicated. And yeah. it's a, you know, it's a hard process. And, and, so, and so if you acknowledge that, how can you say that those are good, reasonable, introspective questions and then immediately both well, because, say, well, they're both dumb? Well, because it shows that Penny, like the show itself, is wrapped up in too much dichotomous thinking. It comes back around to our thematic connection to Schrodinger's cat, which we will get to later. All right, fine. Uh, but yeah, they, so they do that, and... Uh, She's she's rationalizing and Leonard's like yeah you really you should you should date a nice guy someone that's compatible with you who's been longing after you for months and hasn't done anything about it and steals your mail sometimes and it's not nothing that would be good for you and she says what do I have to lose and that is the most reasonable response and it's great because Leonard just has to sit in it he's just like this is the best I can get she's she's going out with me because she has nothing left in her life and that's exactly how I like it. Yes, speaking of, I mean, we. this is just part of it. I, we may even have discussed this before, but does, does Penny not have any female friends? So funny, uh, we have talked about that. And I think the most recent conclusion we came to is that if she does have any female friends, they are not friends. Right, they're that, part of her call list of people yes, she uses that, that because Penny she's is, a, is a sex trafficker. Yes, and that's how she pays her rent. And that the only time she ever has a lady friend is when they're brought around to entice one of the nerds. So really, if you look at it that way, then she sort of brings this on herself because the only person she can trust to provide her su- emotional support are men because she only allows... What? She only allows... Oh, no, stop, 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 stop! She only allows women in her life for the purpose of manipulating them for her own ends. And if she's a successful sex trafficker, she doesn't have any men she needs to rely on because she's getting the money from keeping a good stable out there in good running conditions. But everyone has emotional needs, and that's what I'm saying. Normally you would go, you know, to your uh, friends for at, that, but if you're too busy pimping them out... Look at this fucking... Wet behind the ears, just heard about pimping lifestyle guys, like, everyone has emotions. What? Do you, you think you can just, like, take and sell humans and have regular people emotions? Like, Penny's, oh, she's a husk of a woman. Oh, God, you, you naive silly boy. Well, any way you look at it, if, if she is, in fact, cold and dead inside, it still leads to the same place, which is, at the end of the day, I'm just saying, sort of like in Breaking Bad, where the only guy that Walter, you know, can hang around with at the end is like the sleazy lawyer and the other drug dealers and people like that. And yeah. no normal people. He's alienated from his family. Normal Penny, people, Penny has alienated him, herself from all good and decent people and is left with only Leonard there to tolerate her and to say, go out with me. Yeah. And so they go out. <laughs> That's more stuff in between, though. Yeah. All right. Now, now, tell, now tell me all about Schrodinger's cat. Well, so basically, finally, uh, she's like, I don't know if I should go out with Leonard because it could be good or it could be horrible. And Sheldon is like, yes, it's like Schrodinger's cat. Um, actually, maybe Sheldon is trying to give her good ad- I think Sheldon is trying to give her good advice and he tries to give Leonard good advice. It's just neither yeah. of them understand it. Because the real point of Schrodinger's cat is not that it's a dichotomy. It's that... The two states exist simultaneously. Yes. Un- while unobserved. It's like there's a whole range of possibilities. I mean, I was a little upset because I just don't think it's the most ac- applicable. But I think if there's a thematic point in this episode, it's that everyone is too caught up in dichotomies. Because similarly, um, so basically he tries to explain Schrodinger's cat to her and she's like, I don't get it. And he's just like, he's basically like, you got to open the box to see, which is fine. Whatever. It's thinly applicable. But then, five minutes later, Leonard is having the same freak out with Sheldon. Uh And so he's asking Sheldon. 
And Sheldon says, and he asks, what's going to happen? This could be my one date with Penny. What's going to happen if it goes badly? And Sheldon goes, well, assuming that, uh, I can't remember what the first part of that is, but he says, but he says very, he's like, well, assuming you're incredibly uh, unsupportable hypothesis that Penny is the only woman in the world for you, mm-hmm. then if she doesn't like you, you're going to die old and alone like a character in Scooby-Doo. Now, what I took Sheldon to be saying there was, you're a fool if you think the consequences of this one date matter that much to your life. Because obviously Penny isn't the only woman for you now. Leonard, here's the exact opposite. But I don't really I, think that's Sheldon's fault. I, what? Where, do you, where are you getting that? Because he still, he still gets super stressed out about the date. Yeah. But there's nothing that indicates that he thinks that's the most important thing. He's going to die alone if it doesn't work out. He's still, I he's think still he wants that. to go on a date with Penny. I think he thinks that. I think his kiss at the end of the episode is fueled by his desperation of being alone. Like, we, let's put it this way. Neither you nor I was happy to see them kiss at the end of the episode. And get oh, you blew it! It's out there now! Ah! Yeah, they do that. They both open the box. And I don't think either of them care what the Schrodinger's cat metaphor means. Nor do I think it is in any way helpful. Because he's basically saying, if you don't touch it, it could go anyway. <laughs> And when he says that to Penny, she's like, I'll go on a date. And when he says it to Leonard, he says, I go on a date. And I think the positive way you can interpret that is that they both know the risks and that they're nonetheless willing to test it out because they just need to know. And the negative way to interpret that is, is that they both go, that's whatever you're talking about for you. I'm going to go smooch this person. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the mature thing for Sheldon to do would have been to graph out their personalities with his... You know, yeah, and make them a star chart or yeah, something. I mean, not a star. The the you know, just be like you know, based on everything I know about both of you, here's how likely I think it is that you know your relationship could lead to any kind of long-standing happiness. Or if he really doesn't think he knows, then he could admit that and be like, you know, just say, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. But instead, he grounds it and he he defu- he throws away responsibility. By well, and I think it's important. Cat. I think it's important to stress that because. As much as we want to guess at whether he is giving helpful advice, he's very clear with both of them that he does not give a shit. Yeah, that's like they're, they're both trying to talk at him about their their lady slash dude problems, and in both cases, he's like, "I why I still have to participate in this?" That's true. Why does this? Yeah, he is much much more interested in whether or not the chicken at his favorite Chinese restaurant is actually orange chicken or yeah, tangerine chicken. He's he's learning Mandarin so he can call out the the incredible James Hong. Who's again getting these shitty bit cameos so he can talk with, fight with Sheldon. Yeah, who I'm pretty sure that character has spoken English perfectly well in a previous episode. So it's yeah. also weird the idea that you like would have to learn his whole language to confront him about this. I think that I think you have to learn someone's native language if you want to get to the darkest secrets of their heart. Yeah. And in this case, James Hong is hiding a very dark secret that would either reveal that he is indeed serving everyone orange chicken or that he is defying Sheldon's expectations, whose palate is not nearly as sophisticated as he believes it to be, and that he has, in fact, been eating tangerine chicken this whole time. But yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. But he counsels Penny and Leonard. They both run to each other, and they're like, I don't know, again, I should go on the day. I don't know, if I'm going to do it. And then they meet, and they talk about kind of the weirdness, and then Leonard kisses her, and she looks like, ugh, she says, oh, the cat's alive, which... I'm creeping up very close to the microphone right now because you want to know what? You know she's talking about that pussy. <laughs> the cat is alive. And it's out of the bag. And when I say the bag, I'm not going to use a metaphor for that. Because it's 
anything else I say is going to be kind of gross. I'm actually pretty uncomfortable that I just said pussy. I'm sorry. I hope that this is at least giving some of you an ASMR kind of experience. Okay, I'm good. Thanks for putting up with that. And then they go out to dinner or something. Yeah, and then the season ends. Yeah. That's it. It's it's Leonard gets exactly what it want he wants and we have no reason to believe that it'll work out. So it's not like it's not like it's a cliffhanger. You're not like, "Oh, what's going to happen next?" is well, you know it's going to it's going to be stupid. No one is any different than they were at the beginning. No, that's true. Like Leonard, you could say has finally got enough moxie to ask Penny out, but only because he well, does take advantage of her desperation. Yeah, I started to say, he literally wears her down and then waits for the moment where she is... What if he fucking hired most... Mike? <laughs> what if he's like, I got this neighbor, all right? And, hey, you know how I found you. I googled Mike's sweet dick, just like everybody else would, and I found your blog. She doesn't know you have that blog yet, so here's what's up. She loves getting down. I know everyone loves getting down, but it's really the only thing that defines her. Other than that, she's into musicals and can't sing. So let's focus on the getting down part. And what I need you to do is to get down with her. But because I know that you are the Mike of MikeSweetDick.com, she's gonna love that dick. And then when you take it away from her, here I'll come sneaking on in. And I'll be in there and I'm like, hey, you know what's not so bad? Leonard's okay dick. Mike's sweet dick didn't work out for you because everyone might, everyone wants Mike's sweet dick. You know that for a fact now. Yeah. It took five minutes before somebody else got Mike's sweet dick. You know what's going to be around when no one else is really interested? Interested? Leonard's okay dick. That's a good point. You but... know what's not worth writing about on a blog? Leonard's okay dick. You know what you're never really going to get that upset about? Leonard's okay dick. Your life will not in any way be fundamentally affected by Leonard's okay dick. So let's just go have some dinner and just coast through life. Is anything else like in the actual episode worth talking about at this point? No, I wanna so I wanna do a quick I'm gonna call it a game. Really it's gonna be insufferable. We're gonna I'm gonna put a timer on because we're not gonna wanna do this for more than like a minute thirty seconds. Really sell it. Basic so the first thing I wanna do is let's just see. Let's see if we can how many of these episode plots we can actually remember in, let's say, no, a minute, no. a minute, 20 seconds. That's, that's, that's just... a minute, 19 seconds too long. <laughs> there were 17 episodes in this season. We watched all of them. Can we remember half of them? That's the question. We're not going to get super into that. I mean, I bet we can remember all of them, and it's going to suck for a minute and 20 seconds. All right, so I'm willing to make this an experiment. Fine, let's do it. I hate you. Let's do it. You start. We'll, we'll, we'll go back and forth. Okay, so as many as we can name. All right. Pilot. That's not a plot. Okay. Penny meets. Uh, Penny moves in across the hall. They get the TV back from her crazy monkey boyfriend. There you go. Okay. These are going to be in no particular order. Uh... Leonard hires Mike on MikeSweetDick.com so he can finally wear down Penny and get a kiss. Okay. Uh, Sheldon breaks in across the hall and cleans Penny's apartment, and Leonard tries to cover it up without her ever finding out about it. The gang sex traffics a bunch of teens so they don't have to murder a North Korean boy. Yeah. Uh, we find out that Raj can talk to women, but only when he drinks and is in fact a terrible person, and also that uh, Sheldon has a weird fascination with... Uh, uh, Indian fairy tales. Ooh, which maybe his mom also read him the Iliad as a kid. 
Wallowitz will murder himself if he thinks it's going to get him any chance to hook up with all of Penny's broken friends who she sex traffics. Uh, Penny throws kick-ass Halloween parties um, that are actually kind of sad and depressing for the gang. Uh, Sheldon has no choice but to sleep with his own sister and doesn't, and it's a bad show. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon's mom is a parody of a religious conservative from Texas and bangs uh, Sheldon's boss. God damn it. I was going to do the same one, except it's going to be about how Leonard's an adorable little piss boy. And that's it. How many did we get through? I got four on my end. So you either got four or five. I think I got five because I started. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Shut that off. So we got halfway through there. And you know what? Man. Those plots are pretty crazy now that we look back on them. I don't think we've been giving this show its its due. Okay. So. You know what was weird about that? What's that? You know how you fucked up? Didn't mention Leslie Winkle once. What's wrong with you? I thought you loved her. Leslie is not a plot. She's a person. She's a beautiful, wonderful person who's the only one in the show who has any control over her sexuality is a free agent. She's not easily manipulable. The only reason she ever does anything that she wouldn't otherwise do is so she can fuck over Sheldon, and she does. Leslie Winkle for life. Oh, she's the best. Okay. So, uh, best show ever. Very good television show. Love it. Do we do you want to have like another really quick why do people watch this show and that we've seen one whole season? I mean, I... Like, imagine, imagine we just got... This was America's first taste. This didn't need to be renewed. We saw 17 episodes of this. Yeah. And Chuck someone Lord, has... We're the executives and Chuck Lorre's like, so what's it going to be, boys? Yeah. Why Why do we want a second season of this? Hmm? Tell me. Oh, wait. I'm Chuck Lorre. No, I'm the one using the voice. Oh, fuck. Uh, Whoever uses the voice gets to be Chuck Lorre. I assume this is what he sounds like. Well, then he's the one pitching that there should be more episodes. No, no, no. I need you to tell me why I should pay for your show. That's not how television works. That's how Chuck Lorre works. <laughs> Do you think Chuck Lorre, me, I wrote any of these episodes? No. Come on, Scrappy. Uh, You're already halfway through your elevator ride. <laughs> um, I mean... Do we need to trade rules? I'm just... I am still... I am not one step closer to why anyone watches this show. I kind of thought for a second there. Because I, I admit, I laughed a couple times in this episode. I was like... I was like, the emotional fragility of this ki- of these characters is kind of funny. I will say, I felt I've n- I don't think I've ever felt as superior to a group of people on t- even though I know I, I mean we've talked about this before. It is definitely not the case that we are insofar as I mean they're not real, but insofar as there are real versions of these characters. We're not better than those people. We're not no. better than people who are into the things that the people on the show I, are into. I think that's the... Okay, that's what I learned about us. Is we went into this ready to be judgmental, and boy were we ever. But what I didn't expect is that we are about on equal footing as far as emotional intelligence, social skills, and overlapping interests, as are the people in the show. I think maybe, maybe we're not living our best lives. I'm not out there smooching a penny right now. I'm not, I'm not hanging out trying to ruin some young dying boy's life on Halo. I haven't stolen anyone's mail. I have never hired Mike Sweet Dick. I'm not putting Mike's to work. Yeah. We're, man. I, I, yeah, it's I sure feel like a schmuck. It's like, I don't have Howard's relentless rapey energy yeah. to go out there. Sure you don't. We kind of drifted away from the topic. So, I, uh, I do... I think there's a weird double... 
thought like there's a it's like a I don't know what the psychological you're suffering from double consciousness (laughs) well yeah I mean but literally it's you watch the show and you simultaneously can identify with the characters and feel superior to the characters but that's the trick that the show plays is is it always makes the characters that's it you just you got it right there exactly why you watch people watch the show that's and this may not apply for the whole show but you and I we both obviously don't like this show and maybe I'm not good speaking for both of us and you disagree with some things I just said but I think I found a lot of ways which is as much as we hate the show I think in part we hate it because we do identify with them and we don't like the way they're treated because they are they are caricatures they're caricatures we share a lot of traits with but to the rest of America who's who doesn't understand how a computer works they see these guys that all like computers and they're like what a fuck a bunch <laughs> they're never gonna fuck that hot girl <laughs> bunch of tweets. I could, I could spend 11 years watching them not fuck this hot girl. <laughs> um, okay, then let's go to this. Let's go. Aristotle. Ah, okay. Do. I know. I just like making your life harder. Aristotle, in my third pretentious classical reference of the day, says that... Of the podcast, not of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, the day where the tracker's broken. Um... Aristotle says we watch tragedy because it's about people who are greater than us, and we watch comedy because it's about people who are lesser than us. And definitely if you read, like, the tragedies that he was reading, like Aristophanes and stuff, it's a lot of really, I mean, it's a lot of, like, stupid peasants running around, you know, chasing tail. That's a surprisingly big part of those early, you know, Greek comedies, is just dumb people trying to get laid. I know how much you hate when I say it, so I'm going to say it, which is... Everyone's just always been about crushing those guts. <sighs> Rearranging those organs, you know? It is such a weird... Why do you... All the things. All the different metaphors you could use. So violent. I mean, there's a there's a James Addiction song called Sex is Violence. And because it's out there, I just agree with it. And we, we, we really need to wrap up. And so we usually end with our, our takeaway moment. But I don't think I want to do that this time. I think I want to end... By how mad we get at the name of the episode. Cause it's, we, it's I, gotta be, well, I guess it can't be Schrodinger's cat, can it? Cause that would be just like a real. It would be too obvious. Episode 17 of season one, the final episode of the season, and it was titled The Tangerine Factor. Ah! I'm not mad. You're not mad? I've transcended. I'm above it now. That's not even the main plot! It's not, it never is, Kyle. <laughs> you know that. We both know that. No, I mean... I've moved on. Usually it's a... Oh, you're right, because the last one was the peanut reaction, and that's also like kind of... No, but that's still a little bit... Uh, it is... This is actually one of the better ones. There, I think there's been, like, one that was actually main storyline on point. At best, you usually get a B-plot. Usually you get a single throwaway line. But I've said a couple times how the longer we stay mad at this, the more it's our fault. And you know what? I've come to accept this. That's... That's where I'm leaving the season, is it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. It's still really bad, and I've accepted that. I can't be mad at it. Now I just have to look and, and assess, not from a neutral point of view, but from a, a detached point of view. Do you know what I, where I've ended up? I don't think this show is as... It's not that this show is so much more terrible than all the other sitcoms on television. It's that sitcoms in general are terrible. Maybe there's like one or two that are good. But I bet if, but I think, 
I think people just let, like, Friends or How I Met Your Mother or fucking Frasier... Well, Frasier might be separate, but they just uh, let these... Fr- Frasier pretends to be separate. That's... You know what? I think I think all those shows are pretty shitty and about yeah. terrible people. And for some reason, people single the Big Bang Theory out because it's about nerds. And nerds are a subclass of people it's easier to single out and, you know, yeah. heap shit on. Like, if these characters... I mean, we've already... When the characters are more realistic, we start to actually feel bad for them, and neither of us like that sensation very much. We both get mad at the show when it makes us actually feel for the characters. Or at least I do. With this show, especially, because it's so cheap. Because because they... Almost nothing has changed about them from the beginning of the the season to the end. But they'll, they'll throw in a trope that'll hit your heartstrings. It's not that you actually feel bad for someone. It's you recognize that's where you're supposed to be at. And it works. Because now we've been manipulated by all of our media to feel that way. And it's not like, it's not bad or wrong. It happens in good stuff too. It's just unearned here. Like, there's no reason to care about Leonard. There's nothing human about him. And then something bad happens to him. The whole audience goes, aww. And you're like, god damn it. Uh, the pattern hit me too. Or the fleeting moment of. I mean, yeah, I guess that's so. This is. This might be the difference between. One of the interesting differences between this show and, and like a. So in Friends. I think most people who watch that show want Ross and Rachel to get together. At least at the beginning. I don't know if they were actually a compelling couple. Um, like, by season three or whatever. But And I think, and definitely in How I Met Your Mother, like, people wanted Ted to find whoever the woman was. Even to the point where I was thinking about this a lot near the end of the season. There's an episode where you find out that he's been paying a woman who lives across the hall from this other woman to call him the second she breaks up with whoever she's currently seeing so that he can be the first person there at her doorstep. Like, there's an entire episode dedicated to, like, the checks he's put in place so that he can, you know, definitely get to this girl as soon as she becomes on the market again. Yeah. And people find him a sympathetic character and want him, you know, to find happiness. Does anybody give a fuck whether Leonard, like... You know, rides off in the sunset with Penny or any woman? They have for 11 years. No, I mean, they'll watch him, but is watching him the same thing as, like, wanting him to be happy? You have to have, have, to have some sort of investment in the characters for it to go on for that long. Like, if no one cared, the show had been canceled because no one was watching it. I don't care, though. No, we... Obviously not. But think about it. Of, of all of the pointless, worthless fodder that is out there, this gets watched. There are other shows that are better that don't get watched. There are other shows that are worse that don't get watched. And enough people don't care about it. People care about this show for some reason. We we don't like this show. We obviously care about it. We do this to ourselves because we were invested in this now. We didn't care initially. We're, no, we we're invested we, in the... Oh my god, what if that's part of it? What if it's all just like a sunk cost fallacy? Meaning, we keep... We're literally, my life at this point is a sunk cost fallacy. Well, but what if this show, too... What if it's literally like the episodes are deliberately just a little terrible because every time you watch a bad one, you're like, oh my god, did, I re- did that really just happen? You know, I... Wait, let me finish! Uh, let me fucking finish! This is gonna be worth it, go ahead. So, I'm just saying... So, sort of like, we watch one, we're like, well, we've already recorded 16 episodes of this podcast, we can't quit now, you know, someone, someone watches an episode of The Big Bang Theory, it's terrible, they're like, oh, is this show always this bad? Could I really have watched, like, five years of a show this terrible, and intellectually, you know, and comedically bankrupt? Am I really that much of a trash person? No. 
that can't be. This show's actually good. And I've just, I, you know, this was just an outlier. And they recommit that self. It's exactly the same thing. I think that's the, you don't think so? You don't think it's that complicated? Millions and millions of people are not struggling with why they should go on watching the Big Bang Theory. They're not buying t-shirts because they're like, I have to wear this show to prove to people that I do actually like it. It's because I, I need a reason to keep watching because I can't, I can't admit that I've already seen it and it was a waste no, of time. No, I guess you're right. That's more like, I'm describing like the Westworld fandom probably more than like That's the a show Bang I'll never theory. watch. Yeah. But so what you just made me think of is the new Queer Eye. I watched the entire, it's what, like six or seven episodes or whatever the, of the new, the, the first season of the new Queer Eye. And I watched all of it in the end. I was like, why did I do that? That show is garbage. It's positive garbage, though. It's got really charismatic and fun, supportive people. They're going out there trying to help each other and, like, help everyone else's lives. It's all good. And it's still just fucking reality show predictable I, I garbage say, trash. Why are you hating on the Queer Eyes, man? Because it fucking the sucks. The Queer Eyes work hard. They work as hard as any other garbage trash. Like, it's all fucking... Hey, Not Kyle loves real. the Queer Eyes. It's only Nick. Nick hates the queer eyes. No, I love them. That's the problem. The show is terrible. They're great. It, but it's it's the same thing. It's like we found a guy. Is he happy? Of course he's not happy. How can he be happy? We can make him look a little better. What do we do? We put a new shirt on him and told him to believe in himself. No, he believes in himself. Let's do that five more times. Like that's all it is. There's never anything that's interesting or surprising. You always get exactly what you're going to get, and it's. Nothing on that show has ever been like, what happened? Where'd that come from? That didn't turn out how I expected it to. It's the same thing every time. But everyone in it is charismatic and supportive, but the show is trash. Well, so what we need to do is we need to get you on Queer Eyes. So you, that you, can you are like, not even close to the first so person to like, suggest that. No, just, but no, now if you're ever on it, you have to, your first thing has to be like, no, go the fuck away. Like, sir, you're on Queer Eye. I know what you do. I don't want any of your bullshit magic. You can't fix my life with your magic gay wardrobe changes. Get out of here. It was so away. So many friends have been like, we should have you on the Queer Eye. And I'm like, no. Because they show up, and I wouldn't be like anyone else who's like, oh my god, they're here, it's time. I'd be like, I I said no, guys. Like, come on. Like, put on the shirt. I'll put on the shirt. I'll put on whatever you want me to. This still fucking blows. Like... You want me to ask out that girl I had a thing with, whatever, that's fine. And then we'll have another three dates before remember why we didn't like each other that much, alright? Jonathan Van Ness, you are an angel. And now just get out of my life and help people who are going to appreciate it. I'm just going to hang out and play Dead Cells, a game that itself is wonderful and repetitive and never has any surprises for me. And then what if they were like, oh my god, we can't save them all. It's like I would teach them something. Yeah, they'd all just the next ep- the next episode is them walking up to the next person and being like, "Are you? Would you like us to help?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." And they're like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, and then oh, have, oh God! Or they'd have a spinoff show. This up. dude was about to quit. He was. We were questioning the point of our lives. They they would need to recover. They would they'd be a really dark season of queer eye for the Nick Hyde. <laughs> And it would just be them like, come on, just put it on. I'm like, I did put it on, but put it on like you like it. I can't do that. He's not going to change his hair. What are we doing with our lives? Why won't he change his hair? But you're a lawyer, you're a comedian. Like, people like all that. And like, yeah, but I don't like it. And that's all that matters. Everyone else needs to believe in themselves, and I don't. And you need to accept that about yourselves. You can't change me. And they all go on and be like, I'm going to go back to being an accountant. (laughs) Yeah. This... I learned something. 
And it's not the heat death of the universe is inevitable, and there's no such real thing as joy. So I may as well put as little effort as I can to just coasting out the rest of my finite life. This has been season one of the Big Bang Theory Theory. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, you ruined it. Don't say goodbye. Wait, I don't have to put that part in there. It's the magic of editing. This is going in there now, though. You did that. You made sure of that. Bloom, bloom.